0: It is a wonderful life. There you go. So George and Mary, like they had a plan. They they, they were going to go and they were in pursuit of it. They, they were getting ready to drive away. They had all this money. And $2,000 to us, it's a lot, but it's, not nothing, it's nothing like what it was to them where a house was 5000 So 2000 was really a lot of money. And they were going to take off and they were going <laughs> to see the world and they were going to do all these things. And then you saw what happened. It changed. All of a sudden, boom. And George runs to the to, to the uh, Savings and, and Loan Association place that he had. It's funny how that happens, right? It's kind of like what happened to Joseph. I'm going to talk about Joseph this morning. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. Now, the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son and named him Jesus. You know, our lives are not lived in a straight line. Have you noticed that? <laughs> that? That we don't, it's not always point A to point B. That sometimes it's point A to point B to point C to point D. to We go lots of different directions that we don't just go from here to there we're gonna have really wonderful days anybody have ever had a wonderful day where everything went right where it was a good day and 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 you knew it and you're in it and you're just celebrating that good day it usually means things are going how we want them to go anybody have a really difficult day times when we think that things are going maybe not the way that they should and, and it's a rough day, and, and things are falling apart, and, and it's a tough, tough time. We have an amazing God who works all things to the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And these times, they come from intersections of lives. They come in, in when my life and my free will intersects with your life and your free will, and you can start to look around and there's a lot of us who have free will, right? And when we bump into each other, there's really no telling where we're gonna meet because free will moves us around and we each have our decisions to make. But I also believe that in all of those places, every single one of those places, God's grace is. We are never separate. From God's grace, there is no choice that we make that separates us from the love of God. None. God's grace covers us in all that we do. And I admit that I don't see God's grace as easily as I see your free will sometimes. But like the feather, it moves. God's grace moves along an unseen path through danger, through traffic, until it lands on Forrest's foot, right? And he reaches down and he picks it up. And you know what he does with it? he, he has a book. Anybody remember what the book is? Curious George. And he takes the feather and he puts it in the book. And he closes the book so that he can save it for later. It's a temporary safe place. But I guarantee you this, that that feather will find wind again. It is the way of life. It is what happens. Look at Joseph in our passage. He's engaged to a woman. He's to marry, And that means something a little bit different than it does for us today. In the time that Joseph and Mary lived, when two people became engaged to be married, at that point of their engagement, they entered into a legal contract that for all practical purposes was no different from the contract they would have when they actually got married. It was binding. And they were in this engagement, which is usually about a year in length, and they discovered that Mary was pregnant. The one thing that Joseph knew was that he was not the father and back in that day that was different too because today you know you might uh, divorce or you might work it out if someone's unfaithful but in Mary and Joseph's day he could have had her killed for an act of adultery he could have had her stoned to death could have at least had her punished in a very public way that was the way things were done it was his right right to do but we know that he was a good man because scripture tells us that we also know because of his actions and what he actually did he decided that he would just quietly leave her and and in his mind I'm sure Mary's free will had led him to cheat with another guy and now she is pregnant so he was being a really good guy which is his free will choice by letting her live and not punishing her publicly. Talk about a moving feather, right? Look at Joseph. One day, feeling good, engaged, ready. To, he's going to be married. This is awesome. I've got, this is my wife. I love her. She's going to be, we're going to spend life together. Uh, Joe? What did she call him Joe? Joe? Joseph? Boo-boo, (laughs) boo-boo. I have something to tell you. I'm pregnant. That good day became a bad day really, really fast. Really, really fast. But he missed what was really going on. Who could blame him? You would missed it. I'd have missed it. I certainly missed it. You know, I'd live in a world where if somebody gets pregnant, there's somebody else involved, right? So, so it's just not believable. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. The child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. You're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from sin. Now, that's... Kind of a powerful, powerful thing, because he had made up his mind, this is how I'm going to handle it, and then he has this strange, amazing dream, and in the dream, the angel of the Lord appears to him and says, dude, it's okay, stand by her, she's not pregnant, might not have said dude, might have have said boo-boo, Joe, (laughs) Joseph, it's okay. Stand by her. She's not pregnant by any man. This is supernatural. This is miraculous. She's pregnant by the Holy Spirit in a mystical and miraculous manner. That's what caused the pregnancy. She's going to bear a son from this mysterious union of flesh and spirit. And you're going to call him Jesus, which means to save. God saves. Because God is going to save his people through this son of yours. This must have been a really vivid and incredible dream, right? Right? I mean, put yourself in Joseph's place. Anybody have those kind of real vivid where you wake up and you go, man, was that real or not real? You know, this had to be something like that. It actually had to be more than that, really, because, I mean, what he did, it's like, you know, because it was only a dream. It's not, there was not an angel who showed up to him and and said, dude, I know you're awake right now, and I, I need to have a conversation with you. It wasn't about that. It was a dream, and anybody can have a dream. We all have dreams. But when we wake up, we know what's real and we know what's not. We know that the dream world is a dream world. We know that our world is a reality world. And maybe we tell someone about the dream, or maybe we try to figure out what it means, but we still know that there's a very real difference between the dream world and our world of reality. But Joseph had this dream, and it changed his actions. He let it influence the way that he had planned in his actual life. Because of this dream, Joseph changed his mind about Mary. Instead of putting her away, he stayed. He went through, stayed in the relationship. Somehow he realized this dream was not just a dream. It was way more than that. It was way more than that. He didn't just say, wow, that dream seems so real. But I'm going to keep doing what I was going to do. And he did something that is a difficult thing for us as followers of Christ sometimes. He trusted. He trusted the information given to him in a dream was more in touch with reality than his real world was, than his own personal experience and what his common sense would have argued with him about. He's a human being it would have argued with him about that was just a dream Joseph, that can't, you know, that was may have been vivid, but it couldn't have been real. But but he didn't go there because our real world says what somebody gets pregnant two people involved just saying we're in church I don't want to get too far <laughs> joseph trusted he trusted in the message from god he acted in faith he acted on his belief in god and it had a trusting acceptance that this was god's will and maybe joseph's experience speaks to a facet of what of faith for us and what we need to hear Maybe a a part of faith is about acting on a dream. Maybe it's about believing that this dream that you have, that God is putting in you, maybe you need to grab hold of that, trusting that something that seems like it can't be real actually is. And that God can do the impossible. And maybe you don't see how you get from here to here, but God can make a way. I'm a recovering alcoholic and drug addict who was an oil-filled drunk, and I'm standing in front of you. Can you believe? This is crazy. That I'm here. It's also not possible. And yet. You know? I don't care what your history is and what your life has been. God can grab hold of it. He can change it. When you encounter the living God, you cannot help but be changed. Maybe just this baby that in a manger really, really is, Emmanuel. God is with us. God is with us. God is with you. God is with me. And I go through stuff and you go through stuff and we hang on. Some days we barely hang on, but we hang on. Because at the end of the path, God is with us. When it seems like we can't get there, you know what? We can because God is with us. We don't have to give up anymore because God is with us. You don't have to go, I don't think this can happen because God is with us. It's powerful. And as we enter Christmas, there's certainly much that we can focus and worry about. There's a lot going on. We can be worried about the economy or the environment or the divisiveness of our world because, man, it's out there. We can worry about our values and how they seems like we're living each day clinging more and more and more and more to the things of the world. We can worry about our kids, what's their life going to be like as they grow up. There are literally hundreds if not thousands of things that we can worry about. Lots of things we can worry about. Joseph had a dilemma. He could believe what he saw and trust that or trust by faith that God intervened in our world through Mary. He could worry about the many things that didn't make sense to him, or he could grab hold of the anchor in his life, God. Maybe that's the part of Joseph's faith we need more than anything else right now, is to grab hold of that faith, to cling to in such a time as this, and not let ourselves be consumed by fear or worry or the stuff that wants to pull us away. And guys, I'm with you on this. I battle this stuff all the time. But we don't have to walk that path because we can let ourselves be consumed by the spirit of the living God who lives in us. Emmanuel, say it. God with us, right? God is with you. It's incredibly, it's crazy and true. Remember last week, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and this read it to me. rejoice. I say again, rejoice. Because this is what happens when we let go of all the fear and all the stuff. And we go to God and we look for what's right and we look for what's good because it's there. And we find it. And then it's like this peace that passes all understanding can, can wash us. And we trust in God enough to take every situation to Him. And I, you know, I've said this before. I love that Jesus is my Savior. I struggle that Jesus is my Lord. I love that He saved me. I don't like giving him every aspect of my life. Some of that stuff I like to keep, you know, just saying. You do too, by the way. <laughs> here, God, you can have the big stuff. I'll just keep this over here it's for me. But it's hard to, to let him be the Lord. But if we take every situation, then we can find this peace that passes understanding. And I believe deep in my heart that as disciples of Jesus Christ, you know the ones that he's going to use to transform this world of ours? Us. Did you know that he transformed? At, there are billions and billions of Christians, right? Since the beginning of Christianity, I couldn't even tell you how many people have, have followed Christ. How many did it start with? Twelve. How crazy is that? How many are here? Uh, you don't have to count. Bob did that for us. I'll, if you want to know, I'll tell you later. But just think, if we had this urgency and this passion about our faith and we, and we shared that with people, that we were witnesses, that we shared what we have seen, heard, and believed of Jesus, then it will transform everything. There are those in our life that we can trust because they're trustworthy, we can let go and let God. I love that slide, let go and let God. Some folks are trustworthy and go to them with stuff so you don't walk alone. We can believe in one another in a world that tells us we shouldn't trust anybody. We can trust our dream that God really was, is, and is to come. We can act on faith and be willing to trust in him with our whole hearts and the unknowns of life. And the unknowns of death, we have a promise of eternity. Trust in the love, grace, promises of God. Live as people who trust in something beyond what the world tells us is the truth. Trust that a child who was born under difficult circumstances in a stable in Bethlehem, all those years ago, really is Jesus the Christ, the one who was born to save us. And trust is not always easy because it requires a level of vulnerability that none of us like. Because when we do that, we open ourselves up to the possibility of pain. But when trust, when we trust that God has a plan for the good, that there are those in our lives who we can trust and find them, that the body of Christ in action is powerful, healing, loving, and encouraging, we belong to one another is how Paul put it. That's when lives change. And I want to close this morning at, you know, hopefully you picked up a feather. There's a bunch in the back if you didn't. The purpose of that is to be a reminder. The breath of God is blowing in our lives. The breath of God is blowing in your life and blowing in my life. The winds of the Spirit. And he's with you in the ups and the downs. And when you look or hold that simple feather, let it be a reminder, you are not alone. You are not alone. For God is with you, always, even to the end of the age. It's a wonderful life. Trust it.